0: You are listening to a Nerd Room podcast production. We, the, nerd. Bunch of nerds. Hey everyone and welcome to Nerd. We talk all things, stars, Marvel, DC, and beyond. This episode number 379. We're discussing 2024's Most Anticipated in Nerd. I'm on your host, Tim. And I'm Ian. And Happy New Year, my brother, and Happy New Year to all of you listening out there. In the world of nerd, it is 2024. We just crossed the thresholds into a brand new year, which means new movies, new TV shows, new content, new announcements, new rumors, and a whole new slate of podcasts for us to look forward to. Ian, my friend. Yo. It's going to be an exciting one. I'm happy to have you here because you want to know something very interesting about the nerd room. For the last four (laughs) years... I have had a new set of co-hosts or co-hosts sitting with me on this very episode. 2021, 2022, 2023, 2024. There's been a different set of people on this most anticipated podcast. So Ian, can you, I'm going to put this challenge out to you. Can you be the man that shows up in 2025 (laughs) on this show with me
1: for 2025's most anticipated
0: in nerd? Can you be the man that lasts?
1: I don't know, man. You got to try a little bit harder. Got to try a little bit harder to be be more likable, man.
0: <laughs> Is it me? Is it me? Do you think it's me? That every year I have a new co-host sitting with me on this, or a new set of co-hosts sitting with me on this podcast. So kind of, everyone kind of dropped off, but you're no, here, I man. Didn't. You're here. It's,
1: it's, uh, it's podcasting. <laughs> it's, it's the podcasting life, man. People, people have real lives to, to have to deal with and... Things change. except for
0: you and i man except for you and i
1: Yep, we're the losers <laughs> i'm not gonna have any change in my life my life's not gonna get any any better <laughs> i'm stuck here in the chair it's already the best it's gonna be you're sitting here <laughs> with me talking
0: about 2024 man how, how have you been how was the last couple of days how was the holidays for you
1: i was great man yeah it was really good like i think i said before that you know christmas I wasn't feeling that christmasy for me this year um for various reasons but christmas day Hit and it was it was a great time, um, mm-hmm. you know, with the family. I had so many cool things to open, and so it's been really fun. And I've been gradually doing it over the holidays. Uh, even last night, I was up quite late just opening some action figures and some absolute bangers. So it was, yeah, it was a good a good time. And my kids had a great time as well. They got some fun stuff, some Teenage Turtles and some Legos that we've been building. Uh, so, so yeah, holidays. It's been it's been a nice time man. it's been relaxing. Usually we go out somewhere and do some stuff, and this time we've kind of kept it pretty s- simple. um Stayed at home, relaxed. Uh, as you know, I I just woke up when like it's like eleven a.m. <laughs> yeah,
0: I texted this guy. It's like, hey, you coming to record? He's like, I just got up. Give me thirty <laughs> minutes. <laughs> It's like I woke
1: up and like, what time is it? And it's like, because I'm getting these notifications and it's you. And then just moments before, I was dreaming about Taylor Swift for some reason. So like, yeah, I uh, nothing, nothing, nothing weird, jam. nothing strange. <laughs> I'm not even a Swiftie. I don't know how that came to be, but yeah, it's uh, it's been relaxing. That's that's that's
0: sure. awesome, man. We're the same way, and I hope everyone else was too. Just kind of took it easy this year. I don't know what it was, but that seemed to be the theme of this holiday season from everyone I talked to everyone just took it easy I don't know if it's because we just finished the first real year in our lives since 2020 like I was talking to someone about this on New Year's Day or New Year's Eve that I think 2023 was kind of the first true post-COVID year where there's no restrictions all the movies came out all the TV shows came out There was ups and downs globally, but we weren't all kind of scared to go outside or afraid that someone was going to cough on us and kill us, and we weren't going to make it through Christmas or anything like that. So I felt like this year everyone just just took a big deep breath over the holidays, which I think is great, a collective deep breath. I think we all need that from time to time, and I got to share one thing here. Now, this is a podcast, so people aren't going to see this, but I did get one big item for Christmas for my family, and it was this bad boy, Ian. The Marvel oh, Cinematic Universe wow. official timeline hardcover book forwarded by my hero, Kevin Feige. So we're going to get into this sometime in 2024, my friend. Nice. Down the line and just jumping into the timeline. You know how much I like timelines. How much I love trying to figure out what's canon, what's not, where it all falls. It's already out of date because stuff's come out since this book was made. Yeah. But nonetheless, I love this stuff. And it's probably one of my favorite gifts that I got this year. And it really applies well to what we're going to talk about here today. Our most anticipated in nerd. This is actually the ninth iteration of this show. We've done nine different most anticipated in nerd shows. So, Ian, if you stick around to 25, you'll be on the 10th anniversary of this show. This is often one of our most favorite shows because we get to just look forward in a positive light. What's coming down the road? What 2024 is? is going to be for us and there's a lot to digest here not only are we at episode 379 and gonna hit episode 400 inside of this year we've got a ton of movies coming out but not the same sort of volume of comic book movies that we are used to we only got five coming out this year we kind of hinted at that a couple podcasts ago but we got a whole ton of other movies other movies that sit inside of this nerd space and we're going to walk through a big chunk of these and kind of To know which ones are our most anticipated for this year what's the one that sticks out to us both in the comic book movie genre but also inside of the nerd space as well we'll also touch on tv shows streaming shows and we'll also get to what we've traditionally called our nerdier resolutions where we say three things that we want to change or do different in the space of nerd and then subsequently forget until I go back and review them <laughs> and have no idea what we wanted or did, just like most New Year's resolutions. But we're going to put a little bit of a nerd spin on it, so we're going to do that towards the end of the episode. But, Ian, mm-hmm. let's get into 2024. It like, like we said, it's going to be a bit of a different year for us here in the New Room. And for us out there, there are used to seeing half a dozen eight nine ten comic book movies coming out and specifically comic movies coming out from marvel studios and dc that's not really happening this year for the first time in over a decade we will not have a quote-unquote official mcu film drop inside of 2024 there's going to be Deadpool 3, which, yes, is a Marvel Studios production now because disney owns Fox and all that folds under. But that's going to, I think, have a lot of transitional feel to it, multiversal feel to it. But it's not kind of under the true umbrella of the MCU at this point in time. And other than that, there's, there's not a whole bunch of – there's nothing, actually, other than streaming on the MCU side of things. There's some Sony stuff coming out as well as a single DC film that's inside of their – Black Banner, whatever it is, Black Label sort of banner, I guess, with Joker 2 coming out. So let's walk through those. We've got Madam Web coming out February 14th, Deadpool 3, July 26th. So big thing here, there is not an MCU movie or a comic book movie leading the summer charge. So nothing in May this year. And that is the first time that's happened in over a decade as well. Then we've got Craven the Hunter on August 30th joker 2 on october 4th and venom 3 on november 8th so there's not a lot to really talk about and chuck around other than maybe deadpool 3 and joker 2 but what are you thinking about our very limited and slim
1: comic book movie lineup for 2024 yeah it's interesting uh it was interesting to see it pans out i think it's probably a good thing that we take a bit of a break Mm -hmm. from the comic book movies um, there's a lot of other great stuff that's coming out and I think it'll just give us a chance to you know get into some some new some new different types of movie uh, and kind of miss the, the comic book genre mm-hmm. uh, so that when it comes back it'll come back with a bit of a bit of force. Um, but the ones that are coming out there there's some interesting ones. I think Joker 2 is the kind of standout for me um, Joker the first movie I know was like highly successful. And it'll be interesting to see if the second one does the same, uh, how they'll actually play out that story with it being apparently a kind of musical, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, the first movie, I I really liked it. I really appreciated it, but I actually found it a hard watch. Uh, yeah, when I watched it in sure. the cinema, I just remember just, man, this movie is relentless. Like, mm-hmm. I I was feeling depressed. Like, I felt so bad for... for um, Walking Phoenix's character, Joker. And I was like, man, this is insane. This movie, I don't know if I'll ever want to watch it again. Just because... I've only watched it once. The yeah. theater watching is the only time I've seen that movie. Yeah, I think me too. they uh, don't watch it once again, I don't remember. But it was just, yeah, it's a hard watch. So it's one of those films, it's kind of weird to want to see the follow-up. Um, but I just appreciate how great of a movie it was and how well made it was. And that was the intent of the movie for you to kind of feel the pain of the character um and gaga's gonna just sell that movie Mm -hmm. for you anyway like everyone's gonna be rushing to see with it being a musical we're gonna probably get music coming out of the the movie yeah um and that will also of course have a big impact on how successful it is so i think that's that's the biggie for me and and then deadpool um deadpool i had a a strange relationship with that that show that move those movies because i actually really didn't like them the first time um and i went back and revisited them because everybody kind of thought they were good movies i thought this is something i missed and i don't know why when i what rewatched them i enjoyed them a lot more and i found them a lot funnier okay Um, and i don't know if that was because i was kind of used to a certain type of comic book movie when those were coming out you know i kind of had a preference and after having so many kind of mcu movies and and so on that it was nice to go back and have something different um and then with all the spoilers and stuff, like it's it seems like it's gonna be one of the most fun movies of the year. So yeah. it'll be interesting to to see how how they play that out. Are they gonna, you know, use the multiversal MCU stuff? Uh, are they gonna do it a slightly different way? And is anything from those movies from that movie gonna tie into to any future future movies, especially in terms of characters? from the the old X-Men movies. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of exciting. Other than that, like, the, the Sony stuff, yeah, I can take it or leave <laughs> it, to be honest. Like, I'll watch it, but it's it's nothing that really excites me. And, you know, the only Sony movie, uh, comic movie, that I have been excited about is, of course, Beyond the Spider-Verse, but I don't think that's... I mean, that was supposed to come out soon, but, yeah, we, but we won't be like getting Minotan. that until no. next year next year yeah it's or probably even 25
0: yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of it's an interesting thing so i'm kind of right there with you with both deadpool 3 and joker being the i will say it right here they'll be the only two i see in the theaters this year i will not go see the other ones they will be netflix watches or something like prime whatever yeah. whenever they do come up i'll eventually get to them but i have no interest in in going and, and sitting through those and you know all the power of the people that they enjoy those Sony movies, the ability to go in to kind of turn your brain off, and enjoy some of the connective tissues that they're likely going to spin through here. This is going to be their biggest year ever for comic book movie releases. So I think it's cool. They're trying something different with Madam Web. The Hunter seems a bit like a regurgitated piece and maybe Venom 3 can do something a little different and take that franchise in a, a different direction. We haven't seen anything from that film, so it could show up and be the surprise hit inside of the comic book movie space for 2024. We just don't know yet. But given what has preceded it, I'm guessing maybe it's going to go a similar direction or maybe someone will take it and do something completely different, which would be awesome. But Deadpool 3 is for sure, I will say this, in this space at least, it is my most anticipated. Both not only a Marvel film, it's Mm -hmm. going to have some connective tissues to the MCU, but I think they're going to play fast and loose with not only the multiverse medium that's been used time and time again over the last couple of years inside of this genre but it's going to bring back old characters it's going to be very nostalgic feeling it potentially is going to tie in characters that we're familiar with i wouldn't be surprised if we get some pretty substantial cameos in that movie Mm -hmm. beyond your hugh jackman's and maybe some of those expected fox characters i'm talking about like mcu mainstay characters that's some of the ideas i got rolling around in my brain on this one so i'd say that one's going to be the standout for the year And Joker, I will see this in theaters for sure. Like I said, I have not revisited the original, and I probably won't going into this because I feel like it's going to be one of those movies that you don't necessarily need to have seen the previous version. I think it might be, and it would be interesting, to be just a completely different story with the same character, but really not building on a whole bunch other than the idea that the Joker is something in this movie to start as opposed to what he was at the start of the original joker film and with todd phillips coming back to direct this and lady gaga and this being maybe a completely different spin on this character again i think it has a lot of potential to be again a big big stand that was a billion dollar film
1: yeah a rated r billion dollar film well the first and... one was weird here because it was it's a film that i would never have expected to be popular in you know, a a foreign country like Japan, and it was Mm -hmm. huge. Like cinemas were packed out. Everybody was going to see this movie and everybody was talking about it. You know, students, university students that I was teaching um, at the time, everybody was talking about it. And it was actually having some weird impact on people where there were like crazy people in Japan dressing up as Joker and and doing crazy stuff on trains and, and even with this one guy walking around with like a knife and smoking on the train, like threatening people. Cause he thought he was the joker. Like it was so impactful. <laughs> he had such an influence. That yeah, And that people... might sound normal in places around the world, but that's not normal in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. The knife um, and cigarette piece. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's the thing. It's just a strange, it had, it had a very um, strong impact on, you know, a cultural impact. Uh, it was definitely, an influential movie in terms of uh, you know what came after it and how people kind of looked at comic book movies, um, so I think yeah that's going to be an interesting one for sure. Mm. And yeah, as I think that's a good point that you made up as that you you made as well uh, about it being kind of maybe contained or slightly different take on the story, especially with it being a musical. It, it probably is going to be a story inside his head, or it's going to be something that's a bit yeah. kind of you know fantastical it's going to be something that's more dreamlike i guess so yeah
0: yeah and like i always kind of envisioned a sequel to this movie being something again in his head where he's kind of retelling a story and you because that's the way i felt at the end of the first one i don't you don't know if it's real or not like was it all in his head did this actually play out as it is like if you go back to our review of that that i did with carlos and i think troy we all had a different interpretation of how that movie ended yeah which i which was the brilliant part of it all is that it made you think and it made you interpret. And I think this is going to be in a very similar vein to that. And the musical overlay is probably going to lend you that idea in a, in a certain way where it's so out there and so weird that you're like, I don't know if this is actually happening inside of this movie universe, or is it just in this guy's head and he's sitting in a padded cell somewhere. And so I think that musical tone and layers is going to make it a much more complex movie and kind of give you that similar idea of, I don't really know what's happening and how you interpret it. So each person almost has a unique experience inside of it, which in this genre is, is difficult to find at times because yeah. everyone seems to have this similar thing. And that's why potentially we're seeing such a limited slate of films this year is this reaction to the genre itself and it kind of falling off a cliff in 2023. Like DC, the DCEU and the and Marvel Studios had their two worst performing films of all time inside of 2023 and particularly at the end of 2023. So this, this here is, I think, a bit of a reflection of that. The studios kind of saw what was happening, saw on this downward trajectory and are kind of pulling back and saying, okay, it's now back to quality over quantity where at a time we were flooded with quantity in this space because no matter what you slapped it on it's sold and we're seeing kind of a shift here and we talked about that last week or a couple weeks ago at the when we look back at the biggest stories and it was really the the audience's rebuke of big major tentpole franchise films and specifically in the comic book genre because as we get into these next few movies that we're going to talk about the idea of genre is there but they are much smaller versions and a lot of nostalgia and playing on some of these films, at least playing on reboots that had happened more recently. And I don't know if there is a standout original film coming out this year, like a Barbie or a super Mario brothers, but Mm. there are some pretty big sequels coming out inside of 2024.
1: It's a big sequel year. It does feel like a big sequel year for sure. Yeah. Um, There are. There's so many. And even, you know, just looking into what's coming out next uh, over the year, like there's stuff I didn't even realize. And it's all like two key words you said there, sequel and nostalgia. It seems like that Mm -hmm. is the two things that are going to get a lot of this this year
0: let's get into it you know some of the the first movies at the gate here early on in in the year coming out in the spring here we've got one of the biggest characters right now and one of the most praised movies was what was it godzilla minus one we've got the continuation of the western godzilla movies in godzilla times kong or x kong new empire so a bit of a team up movie of Godzilla Kong inside of that universe that they've constructed where they kind of had both of these guys running parallel and then they crossed them over more recently. And they had the big bash and fight them up a couple of years ago. And now we have this movie new empire. So, you know, taking Godzilla, one of the more popular characters right now and, and running with it, I think seems pretty cool.
1: Yeah. I, I do though. think, I think maybe minus one is going to change that a little. I think people are going to want to see this movie because of Godzilla minus mm-hmm. one, and I do think people are going to make comparisons, and that might not necessarily be a good thing for this other MonsterVerse franchise. Because they're... did you watch
0: Godzilla minus
1: one? Yeah, and yeah, it's is it, it's a, and it's, is it good. It's, it's really good. Yeah, and I think the reason why it's really good is it's also you know a very human story. Um, and you get to see Godzilla being what original Godzilla was kind of like, you know, um, he's not this kind of superhero that the MonsterVerse kind of makes him out to be. And they they're really going with with this at the moment, especially with the the Monarch TV show as well, and and of mm-hmm. course uh, all the promotion for this new movie it looks it does look really fun. Like you know you yeah. got Kong wearing a Infinity Gauntlet and. <laughs> and you got a pink Godzilla. It's like Barbie yeah. and and Infinity, <laughs> like the Infinity Saga combined with Godzilla awesome. and Kong, which is it's insane. And sometimes you know, insane's good. It's good to have something that's really over the top and really crazy. Um, but yeah, as I said, it's it's gonna be a lot of people making comparisons. People love to make comparisons these days. Just going back to mm. Joker, like I've already seen on Twitter, people saying which is the best Harley Quinn, you know, Margot <laughs> Robbie and. And Lady Gaga, we haven't even seen, we haven't even seen the new movie yet. And it's like a completely different take on it. And I think that's how people have to go into this. This these Godzilla movies. It's a different Godzilla, man. Like, it's not the mm-hmm. same. And yeah, it makes me wonder how people are going to react now to this movie coming out after Minus One, because, you know, I think, again, people make comparisons and people are going to take one and drop the other, maybe um yeah i would
0: say that like with this franchise i i like i did a big rewatch. whenever what was the last one that came out was it godzilla i don't know whatever the fight was movie the last godzilla movie that came out with godzilla and king kong
1: oh uh, yeah whenever it Monst- what's that was called, called the Mon- king of not king of the monsters was it king of the monsters something, something like, like that. that i can't
0: remember but i i watched like all of them and i i've quite liked the build-up the last one it's it's starting to get a bit goofy because like they're starting to go to the extreme that was when they had like the kaiju or the mechanical godzilla wasn't it that yeah they fought and so it's it's starting to you know has it jumped the shark if you will i don't know we'll see what this one what puts forward but that's some of the fun behind it is the idea of how outlandish it all is and so that comes out in april 12th now i'm only going to talk about this one movie for very very briefly it's it's a movie called civil war now it's not Captain America Civil War, or anything like that. It's actually a movie about an another American Civil War. And I just watched a movie on Netflix called Leave the World Behind. Have you checked this one out on Netflix? Leave the World Behind, that's a Julia Roberts one. Is that, that one? Yeah. 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 I quite like that movie. And, you know, spoiler, like, if you haven't watched a movie, give it, like, a two minute, like, triple bump or quadruple bump on the 32nd piece here but like that movie turns out like the reveal is actually the start of an american civil war like a brand new one And this seems to be a, a theme going into 2024 with the american election and all this stuff mm-hmm. but this is like big bombastic american civil war movie coming out and i i just watched i just stumbled across it today while doing this and watched the trailer and i was like whoa like they're really leaning into this concept wow <laughs> right I, now yeah, coming I, haven't,
1: to... I haven't seen the trailer, i'll have to check that out yeah
0: it's, it feels like, you know, when that era of movies, when it was around 2012 and all those like crazy movies were coming out about the end of the world and all that stuff and all the weather phenomenons and everything. It's kind of, it has that feel, but like a brand new American Civil War. It's like a chunk of the States, like secedes, like it's called the Western forces and they're fighting against the Eastern part. And there's like all these battles and stuff. And like, it, it seems pretty. Pretty far fetched, but maybe not. I don't know
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what's gonna happen in 2024. But well, leave the way leave the world behind kind of did it, it was a, it was quite an interesting take on. I really liked it yeah. on the, on how how to and it was also kind of uh, you know it kind of highlighted a lot of the the issues and um, you know existing things with with today's society and, and the modern world. It's it's a very clever it clever is. movie. Kind of each character kind of plays a certain type of person that exists in. You know today's society and and how they react to things, and then everything that's going on. It's quite a complicated, an interesting take on how a new modern day war would take place. Um, oh yeah. yeah,
0: and like and it it has like weird horror elements and thriller elements to it, and you don't really know what the movie is until you're like three quarters of the way through.
1: Well, like one great I re- thing oh. I think they do with that movie is like the, how suspenseful it is. And what they do exactly yeah. is they linger on a moment for so long mm-hmm. that I'm like getting frustrated. Like there was yeah. times when I'm like, I want to throw just show me what's going on. Just exactly the same screen. way. And I then, was like, literally, yeah. like I was why laying, is it taking I'm... so long to tell me what's going on? And when you see it, it's like, oh whoa, it's cool. So it's like they yeah. really keep you kind of, you know, gripped to the screen. To it's point well of done. And Marshal Ali,
0: he's good in it too. And like, mm-hmm. like when they show up at the door, you're like and the, it's, you're right. They just linger, and you're like, okay, is someone gonna get stabbed here? Or like, what? I don't like. I I had no idea what the movie is even about. And yeah, so that that's a watch. And this is just kind of that. Just I watched that today. I was like, whoa, this is like two of those style movies, <laughs> in like a space of like two days that I've I've will not consume this one, but I saw the trailer at least. But the next one, the big one, one of the big ones, one of the most anticipated movies of 2023. This comes out March 1st. Is dune part two i've yet to see dune part one it's on the to-do list before march 1st
1: but this this got to be a big one for you no yeah this it's it's probably the biggest i can think of you know we were supposed to get it last year again um this is a movie i enjoy with friends here and you know there's people here who you know a lot of my 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 friends here in, in japan aren't really into a lot of the kind of nerdy stuff that i'm into Um, But the Doom movies is something that's hit with everyone. Um, We went to watch the first one together as a group and we really enjoyed it. It's something that we've been looking forward to. So it'd be nice to experience that with a group of of people. Um, And yeah, Denis Villeneuve, I mean, he's such an incredible Mm -hmm. director. I love all the movies that he's done. And I think the first Doom movie was almost, I mean, near perfect. The second one looks like it's a lot more action-packed. Um, and it looks like a really good retelling of, of the book. It looks like they're really kind of sticking to the source material, uh, which will be interesting to see how people react to that as well and how they pull that off. But it, man, like it looks beautiful. It looks like, you know, a mini conclusion to such an epic story. Um, and, yeah, I can't wait for, for Dune 2. You should definitely check out Dune, Dune 1, man. Yeah, like get on get list. To that Because yeah. I think... After watching that first movie, you, you really want to know what's going to come next, um, mm-hmm. and it does look like the the second part is, as I said, a lot more focused on the the action and the reaction to the events of the first movie. Um, yeah, so can't wait for that one for sure.
0: Yeah, man, it's it, it looks good, it looks good. But the next movie here we're going to chat about is a sequel. Again, this this theme that we we mentioned of sequels here it's Ghostbusters Frozen Empire so the follow-up to afterlife Mm -hmm. and this one looks like a ton of fun it's really playing into the 80s cartoon the one that that I grew up with with the I think the concept behind the plot it feels a lot more in that space than the afterlife which felt like an adult retelling a, a just a wonderful version of Ghostbusters this feels like it's shifted more okay now we're going to pull back the the children into this into this franchise because this does feel a lot more youthful it has a lot more of those extreme ideas like Ghostbusters extreme ideas inside of the plot with kind of this idea of everything getting frozen and the trailer looks great it looks like a ton of fun a lot mm-hmm. all of the castes is, is coming back Paul Rudd and all the kids and it looks like we're gonna get some like serious Ghostbusting in this one. So this was originally, I think, meant to come out last year, but I don't think any of us really thought it was gonna come out. So it's in a great spot here, end of March. Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. Yeah. The guys that watch at YHS are they got to do some set visits and they're doing a lot of promo for that. So it's kind of cool to see people that you know I watch all the time actually interacting and doing some really cool stuff with with this movie too. So Frozen Empire, man. Is, yeah. th- does this does this fall up there for you or is it or is it trending a little bit too youthful for you especially from what we got in afterlife
1: no look like I'm I'm quite excited for it to be honest um I was at the cinema recently when I went to watch the 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 Disney um, wish and they had a big screen on in the the movie theater and they were playing the trailer for the new Ghostbusters um and yeah it looks it looks great it looks amazing. On a on a big screen, as you said, it looks super fun. I think Afterlife didn't get as much as enough recognition. No, you know, I you know, it kind of went by really quickly. People didn't seem to rush to see that movie, and I think it was a a really great um, continuation of the the original movies. Um, you know, the, how that movie ends, like man, I was in tears, and every time I yeah. watch it, just seeing the old team together again, but then seeing you know Egon and how you know, respectfully, they did that, like how they kind of paid tribute to him, mm. um, not in a weird way. And the, the new one, yeah, as you said, it, it just looks really fun. I'm actually surprised that the old crew are in the follow-up in, in this mm-hmm. um Frozen Empire one because I, I, thought, I, wonder... I thought it was more of a passing of the torch and to yeah. the kids. And I was a bit worried about that because, you know, that doesn't always work, does it? Like the kids, having mm-hmm. the kids be the the main characters of the movies it's quite hard to pull off and they really did a good job of it in the first movie because you did have some of those adult support characters and it looks like they're doing the same thing you're going to have the kids being the main guys but you also have the the adults as the the support for them as well
0: i think i wonder if they had either a great time putting together afterlife or after the reception afterlife they thought well this franchise actually has some legs left in it, and there was such great and positive reception to what they did there that they maybe they wanted to be a part of the follow-up because they kind of set it up where Winston was always going to be a part of whatever came next. But it's more like Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray—they're their parts. You know, you could see cameos, but it looks like they do have a reasonable role inside of it based off of the
1: trailers. Like, they're not hiding them or anything inside of the trailers. So, yeah, I think as well with that first movie, sometimes you can kind of tell from movies that people had a good time making it. And that's mm-hmm. how I felt with Afterlife. I think that kind of yeah. chemistry really came, kind of came through. You could tell that the kids had a great time making that movie. You could tell that, you know, Paul Rudd and, and the rest of the crew, you know, really got along. Um, and, yeah, I think that could be the case. It could be the case of these actors are actually... They want to continue this, this, you know, this franchise and this story because it was so fun the first time, and it does yeah. look like they've amped up the fun big time. They've made this into a lot more of a. I like how you said the kind of the cartoon. It does feel very mm-hmm. real, the real Ghostbusters esque, like the kind of sure wacky, does. crazy characters yeah. and the whole city being under siege. I think that's a really good and fun way to take. Take these movies. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. And I think they even did say they took inspiration from the real Ghostbusters on this. Like, oh, wow, wow. Yeah, I think I think you kind of have to, right? Like you, you don't want to get into like this pattern of making the same movie over and over again. Like this will be by far the most extreme swing they do on the like I they had a lot of yeah, walking marshmallow and ooze and all this kind of stuff, the city and all that. But I think this is gonna be a bigger swing into the kind of wild and crazy end of it. Like we got in the real Ghostbusters. Like, And I think you, you kind of have to go that way and embrace the fun of it all too. And the the craziness and do something a little different. I think that's the biggest piece because afterlife was in some sense a, a passing a torch, like you said, but in another, it was also a love letter to those first two movies yeah. and, and really honoring that and, and bringing it to a full conclusion and so this one has to almost like pivot the franchise and say, no, we're gonna go in this direction
1: and because there's likely to be a follow-up to this as well. Yeah, uh, as and I think as that's as well. as well what they're trying to do because I guess there was a big gap from those older movies. That mm-hmm. was the only thing that was a little strange with afterlife was nobody had heard about the stuff that happened with, you know, Staple of Marshmallow Man and stuff, Mm. like, the kids are like, well, I've never heard about this. And like, you didn't hear that there was like a huge Marshmallow Man like (laughs) only 50 years ago. But is it, but is
0: that, is it that weird? Because like, my kids think the 90s were like a billion years ago. And like, are they, are our kids going to care what happened in the
1: 90s about all, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, yeah, if there's a huge marshmallow man walking through a city, I think that's something that people will <laughs> talk about for hundreds of years. I don't know. but Quite possibly, you're not wrong there. <laughs> yeah, but, but I guess that's what they're doing with this one because you had such a big... They have to bring the Ghostbusters. They have to give them purpose. Mm-hmm. Afterlife was great because it brought us the characters. It introduced us to the characters, but it's a very isolated story. The rest of the yeah. world didn't know. About these things, what will happen with the new one is that the whole world will know there are ghosts yes. and they're back, and that's opens the door to so many different stories and, and gives the, the Ghostbusters purpose for for existing. So yeah, it's it's a it's a great way to, to kind of start it, and I think having a young cast it gives us lots of time with these these new characters. Um, having someone like um, Winston hiring people you know he's the guy who's kind of put investing mm-hmm. in in this also gives them the opportunity to to continue you know bringing in new characters each time someone could drop off and a new one come in so i think they're really kind of building on on the ghostbuster story and that's i think it's de- well deserved man like we haven't had enough ghostbusters for sure ghostbusters.
0: absolutely not i'm i'm this it's probably sitting atop of my most anticipated list this year we'll, we'll kind of back off take a big step back and say okay what are our like mo- what's our most anticipated here but ghostbusters is definitely in the running for me and another one that actually I don't know how it's going to play but it's another nostalgia piece that's building off a more recent franchise and that's Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes that comes out in late May, May 24th and it's building on what is not quite a substantial franchise. I think this is is this the fourth movie in the franchise or the fifth. Plus
1: well, I'm Fourth, and so well, this it, is
0: actually it was, a, it was a trilogy. It was a trilogy, okay. And I did not remember the if new one, stuck the new in one, the new one is
1: not it's not directed by um, Matt Reeves, but I think no. he might be producing or he's got some insight into the story, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: and it looks like it's just basically it's at the point you know we've we've gone past the point of basically the humans, and we're in a space where the apes and and all that are rulers of the planet, and you get it gets the start there at least in the trailer. It's got a little bit of a vibe of the original Planet of the Apes movie where humans have lost the ability to talk. They are kind of the kind of wanderers or nomadic individuals that are just kind of running around. They're more of the animal type to the more human ape. So it's it's I love this franchise and it's a franchise that I have a deep connection with my father with, which is awesome. Him and I, you know, we went back and watched the original what is it five or six films together we went and saw that tim burton version of it you know we watched these ones together and so the thing that i love about this is it's it's revisiting a franchise that i hold near and dear to me and you know when you look at this this is the first i think yeah this is the first version that Disney's going to have a bit of a fingerprint on maybe okay. uh because it was under that fox umbrella and now that is under the disney umbrella so it's going to be cool to see where they take this franchise. If this is a one-off, if this is dipping their toe into this franchise, let's see what happens, and then we'll go from there. It'll be interesting how this movie shakes out. But King of the Planet of the Apes, I think it's cool, again, to to continue to revisit this this franchise and, and do something maybe a little different with. I thought that trilogy was – I really enjoyed the whole thing, and I'm looking forward to more of it here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. me Me too. Like, I'm looking forward to – but I'm, I'm a little, I'm confused on the direction that they're gonna take it. It mm-hmm. seems like they're trying to definitely, you know, hang on to the success of the, that first trilogy and they're really gonna progress with more and more movies. Um, I think that first trilogy was, again, like near perfect. Especially mm-hmm. the, the, the last two, uh, it was a brilliant story and, you know, it was really well done. Matt Reeves, of course, he's a really great fil- uh, filmmaker you know, passing of the torch onto a new person and a new story. Yeah. We'll have to see how it goes. The the thing is I like Planet of the Apes and I like the concept, but I don't know how many stories you can tell in that Mm -hmm. world and how different they can be. Um, because every Planet of the Apes movie kind of has very similar stories and similar situations. And it's, it's hard to really, you know, you've gone through the war with the humans and that's passed. You know, have humans who can't really speak, and all of the conflicts and all of the stories are held now within the the ape community, and that's cool. But how much can you milk that? How much? Mm-hmm. How many stories can you tell from that? Uh, is this kind of a leading leading up to the original movie, and then will we get a kind of retelling of that story? Um, I don't know, but it, it looks great. I get.
0: I get i get the vibe that the original trilogy kind of took us up to that first
1: Planet of the apes movie the charlton heston one no i think that this i think that this one will because this is set like a hundred years or more after the original trilogy but i guess in that that first in the the trilogy um in the last one the humans most of the humans could still speak they were slightly losing their voice yeah whereas with the original movie you know it's distant future where like nobody can speak and the humans were like animals um this almost feels like
0: this new one almost feels like yeah like it's a bit like that
1: original movie oh yeah yeah that's what i feel and it looks like they've kind of passed that's that's why there's that huge time gap Mm -hmm. Uh, it'll explain why the humans are now very kind of animal-like and feral and it's i think that's that's why i think it might play into that the original we might get you know, a kind of John Heston-style character come in, um, they might bring in time travel of some kind.
0: That would be uh, interesting. That's a way to put a twist on it, like where you kind of mess around, because we've had a very linear trilogy, and like the original Planet of the Apes, they get into some weird stuff towards the end. Yeah. And it would be pretty wild if they did something, because they grounded that trilogy very, like in a very different way than the original movies were. And like the original movies dealt with like nuclear explosions and all this kind of stuff. But it'd be interested to see where th- this one goes because, like you said, it, it you don't want to retread, I like, guess just, you just don't want to see the same. Oh, well, it's eight versus eight battle. Like we've kind of seen that time and time again. We saw that with a Tim Burton version as well,
1: mm-hmm. to a degree.
0: So yeah, that plays out at the end of May, and then we get into kind of the summer months here, and not including the comic movies that we've already talked about. But here's a movie that I'm excited. I think it's a reboot, but maybe not. It's Twisters. It's this. Maybe it is a sequel because there's an S on there, very much like Aliens. But it's a. I guess we'll call it a sequel here. I might be wrong to the original, the '90s movie Twister, which, Mm -hmm. if I'm going to be honest with you, I was terrified. In my early teens, of tornadoes, like like whenever that came out, I thought every thunderstorm was going to be a tornado that ripped apart my house and killed my entire family. Like I was terrified every thunderstorm. I was scared an unreasonable amount because of this movie, and or because of Twister. And now we're gonna revisit twist. We get to Twisters, which. In hindsight, when I reflect back on it and I've watched it since, like it's a great movie. And Glenn Powell, who is in Top Gun Maverick, is mm-hmm. stepping into a lead role here. So it's gonna be about storm chasers, it's gonna be about mega tornadoes and likely climate change and changing environments, and all stuff. I think it's gonna be a fun ride. It's gonna be an awesome summer movie. Comes out July nineteenth. I'm actually quite looking forward to to whether it's a sequel or reboot, whatever it is, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah and like this goes back to what you said earlier about nostalgia. This is mm-hmm. this is nostalgic for me. Like it, yeah, it's weird to say it. because um, it doesn't <laughs> feel like it's that old, but it is. Yeah, that first man. movie four? Like, I, I actually remember going to the movie theatre to watch that with my family. We 96. were on we were on a holiday. Um I forgot where we were. We were in England somewhere anyway, and we were on a holiday and we had nothing to and we went to watch at the cinema. And I remember really enjoying it. And I remember us buying the VHS. We had the VHS mm-hmm. up for that movie, and it was a really fun movie. It was a great movie at the time. It came out around, it was kind of around the Independence Day kind of time. Yeah, it came out in ninety six. Independence Day was also ninety six,
0: I think. All oh, right, yeah. Maybe I kind of
1: seem to remember those two movies kind of competing, or those two two movies being very yeah. kind of close together. Um, yeah,
0: Independence Day was July, and this came out in May. So yeah, okay, it's yeah. like they're like your summer movies, very similar to what these this one is.
1: Yeah, that was a really I don't know why that that summer really stood out for me. And i think it was because of movies. Um mm-hmm. so I'm really looking to Twister. Yeah, it's it was a good year. And Twist Twister was a really fun movie. I'll have to go back and rewatch that. I wonder how well it's aged, especially like the special effects like and
0: stuff. The cow. Yeah, it probably doesn't look <laughs> fantastic right now. <laughs> great, great. That like that stand stood the test of time. That <laughs> so a couple of other movies that I bet you did not know you needed a sequel to, but you're getting sequels to two big movies from one from the 2000s and one from I think the nineties. It might be ladies. I don't know. We'll get into it in here in a second. But the big thing about these movies is the original directors are coming back and that's Beetlejuice two. So Tim Burton's coming back to direct that and gladiator two with Ridley Scott coming to back to direct that as well. Now, Beetlejuice 2 not only has Burton coming back, but Keaton, Catherine O'Hare, and then it's introducing what is now becoming kind of Tim, a Tim Burton-esque actress in uh, Jenna Ortega. Um she kind of fell into that Wednesday role and she's kind of got these this darker tone to her, it seems. And then Gladiator 2, like I said, really Scott, it's coming back and it's I guess must be set twenty or so years, 25 years after, but Lucius, so one of the I guess one of the the kids saved by Maximus in Gladiator 1 is now a gladiator and it's kind of following his story. And so they're two proper sequels with a lot of returning creatives, at least into them. So I, I didn't know one as of today, I didn't know there's a gladiator two coming out and I had heard the Beetlejuice two stuff, but never really thought too much about it. Mm-hmm. But after reading that, you've got, you know, kind of returning creatives, returning cast. I'm kind of excited about both of these two, man, like, you're the sequels. Like these are, I would say unorthodox sequels compared to what we've gotten over the last 10 years. But I think it's kind of cool. Keaton kind of running around and returning to those old characters that he played in his early days with Batman last year and Beetlejuice this year, like a bit of a Renaissance for him, man. He's putting the cap on some of these characters that he, uh, he contributed to pop culture decades ago. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I, I think Beetlejuice is definitely going to be quite a success. Like, it's not necessarily Keaton coming back. I just think the whole concept of the, those movies are very wacky and very fun. Jenna Tegas, she's like everyone's hero at the moment with the, her dropping out of the screen franchise. Um, mm-hmm. And the great thing with Beetlejuice as well, he's got so much makeup on. You know, Keaton could very easily pull it off. The fact that he could pull off Batman, um, you know, being an elderly guy in a Batsuit, and it mm-hmm. was, you know, it was... Um, it worked. So yeah, I think we've Beetlejuice we're going to see more of the same of that and I'm actually excited for that one. I love Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice was I guess late 80s. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a big movie at the time. Um that was kind of around as well Tim Burton's you know peak era where you know everything he was making was was great and and a success. So I'm really looking forward to that one. Like Beetlejuice 2 I think will be a very fun, again, interesting movie. The only thing is with both of these directors is that most of their recent stuff hasn't been great. And that's the only kind of concern. Mm. And with Gladiator 2, like, I don't know. I am I'm, I used to love Ridley Scott. And it's kind of the sh- a shame how his attitude towards things has kind of put me off him. Like, he's a bit yeah. of a... You know, he likes to complain about everything. And he seems to think he's, you know, the dog's bollocks. And he's... <laughs> he's just, he's not, man. Like a lot of stuff that he's making recently, he's just, he isn't very good. Um, yeah. It's, it's I don't, I don't really follow him reasons. that much.
0: I, yeah. And you know, the, the, the thing that Gladiator holds near dear to me is it was one of the first DVDs I ever owned. I think the first DVD I ever owned was U571, that submarine movie. Yeah. And I think the second one was Gladiator. <laughs> wow. And so I got a lot of viewing hours into Gladiator. And at that time I was like a teenager and it was like super like you know, it was like the Spartan era of stuff, right? It was like very like macho, let's watch this and cut some heads off and stuff like that. Like I always thought it was a cool movie.
1: Gladiator one was a fantastic movie. It really was. But what can you what else can you do? Like I don't know like, how you... fighting people. Like Yeah.
0: It's just basically It's almost, I would say that this, at least with Gladiator, it's kind of like a, almost like a soft reboot, I would call it. Like you've, you're 30, whatever it is, 20, when did that come out? In 2001? I just keep spewing um, 2000. And so you're like, you're 20, almost 25 years later. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of have a whole, you'll have like a nostalgic contingent of people And then you're introducing this idea, this Roman style, to a whole new generation of moviegoers, I guess. Mm. And so, yeah, you could probably tell it's probably going to be a very similar story, to be honest with you. Like you said, you can't do anything different. There'll be a love story. There'll be a bit of throwback to the original. You know, like it's it's not going to be anything crazy. But I I mean, the Roman
1: Empire is a great it's a great setting. Mm -hmm. We don't get enough movies. and and content coming out of that kind of era but at the same time like if it's outside of the arena then you could do so many different stories it's it's just a a weird at the moment for me it's kind of a weird concept to revisit because you have um the first movie and he's he's basically become a legend you know everyone's chanting spaniard and he's he becomes Mm -hmm. bigger than the emperor um how do you top that? The only way you tell a new story is you have a new gladiator who's better and he's stronger or he's more respected. I I don't know. Like I feel in a way it might take away from that first. Yeah, it'll movie. be interesting
0: to see how, how this one how this one plays out. Well, I guess we'll have to wait for for a trailer, but maybe I don't even know if there is one right now. But it's uh it's kind of at the end of, of the year, and then the last two we're just gonna touch on these briefly because we gotta kinda chuck onto some shows here, but we've got we're not gonna really talk about this one, but this might be one for the kids, is Mustafa the Lion King. So that live action Disney sort of retelling stuff they're doing. They're doing a prequel here and going back and telling Mustafa's story with uh with scar and all that so that'll be interesting and then there's an animated lord of the rings the war of rohenium um which is an animated film that will be coming out it's set 261 years before the original trilogy and i met i think it's meant to sit inside of the cinematic universe of lord of the rings and so that'll be kind of interesting i don't know how that's going to shake out if that gets a a full if that's like on prime or if that is a full theatrical release but interesting way to end the year there's not kind of like a really big tentpole at the end of of 2024 at least that i could see here there's no big comic book movies there's no star wars there's no avatar a lot of those movies got shoved out a year or two because of the writer's strike and everything that was happening with production and all that so let's 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 recap here quick ian before we mm-hmm. move on to tv shows Let's do your number one most anticipated film of the year of kind of that grouping that we talked about. Now, we probably missed some. There'll be some that kind of show up that, you know, your favorite movie of last year just because of your dream this year, like Taylor Swift's Eric <laughs> tour movie. It just kind of showed up out of the blue. There'll be movies yeah. that are in production or whatever. Um, what's a movie here that's your
1: – what's the movie here that we talked about that you're looking forward to most? Out of the ones we mentioned Dune Two is probably my most anticipated, just because I love the first one so much. I love mm-hmm. the filmmaker, um, I love Timothy Chalamet, I love Zendaya. So everything about that movie just screams, you know, amazing to me. So I I know I'm gonna enjoy it and I'm I'm gonna love that one. Um, other ones we didn't mention, there's also Furiosa. Furious oh yeah, is, right, right, yeah. Furious is definitely one that I'm I'm gonna look forward to, just because seeing the first one in the movie theater was probably in my top five or top 10 movie going experiences. It's a great movie to watch on the big screen. Uh, So it's nice to have those kind of big epics, the visually stunning uh, experiences that you have in the cinema. You know, I I enjoy getting at least one of those a year, Um, you know, like we get with the avatar movies and and so on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You need something like that. How about you?
0: uh i'd say i'm pretty pretty obvious guy here i'm gonna say shoulder shoulder for me is deadpool three and ghostbusters frozen empire
1: yeah
0: i think those are probably my most anticipated kind of this nerd environment there'll be two other ones like i have this like i guess my most my anticipation barrier is often like the way i measure it is will i take the time and money to go see it in theaters and both of those movies for sure and they're two franchises that like i'm not like a massive deadpool guy but i am an mcu and i'm very intrigued to see where where this goes and how it fits into the the mcu puzzle and then of course ghostbusters like you get all the toys behind me and i love afterlife and it was a it's a lifelong love for me so of course frozen empires there so we got some good ones coming out this year but a very different year than we've had in the past, and and that goes also for for TV shows. You know, we got used to having multiple MCU, big MCU, big debuting characters coming out, and this year again, it kind of fits in. A at least for Star Wars or for Marvel and DC, it fits into this kind of sequel realm. So we've got Echo that comes out here in a couple of days, January tenth, that drops. Oh wow,
1: is it that early? Yeah.
0: Yeah, wow. so that comes out very very soon. We've got Agatha Darkhold Diaries. So again, a these are now we're now we're starting to get instead of originals, we're starting to get characters that are previously introduced. These are kind of sequels to character introductions that happened before. Um, and then we've got X Men '97, which is pretty cool. So continuation of the cartoon from the '90s, that is pretty badass. And we've also got the Penguin. Now this is meant to come out on max in late 2024 and this movie is set one week after the events of the batman so mm-hmm. matt reeves batman and it focuses on the rise of Oswald Cobblepot, the penguin in the aftermath of the big gotham flood and everything that's happening there so we got f- those are the four comic book movie-esque shows that we got coming out this year those mcu ones i would say i'm gonna watch them but they're not going to be appointment viewing like Loki was. I can tell you that right now. Yeah. And like like um, some of the other ones that we've gotten in the past. Now, Daredevil: Born Again was meant to come out. I don't know if the production is going to allow it, because um, what I'm hearing is that they've gone back to the the drawing board with that one. Yeah. So it looks like this this might be the slate of comic book movie shows that we had this year. Thoughts on these ones? uh yeah
1: i'm i'm excited to see any kind of comic book show especially after loki because sometimes you will get surprised like you never mm-hmm. know it's true um echo i've seen some footage of echo with her fighting daredevil he seems yeah. like he's in it quite a lot and i do really like that version which is
0: surprising to me i did not know that was happening
1: yeah so he, yeah he I, yeah i don't know how that plays out it, i guess it's you know it's set in the same place so it makes kind of makes sense um Echo's a strange character because she, she's kind of not so interesting like I uh, I don't know she's kind of like a dead devil in a way without a costume yeah. and you know I <laughs> I don't know if how people react to it like the fight scenes look really good they look like they're really well well made and um, choreographed so I'm excited to see how they they play that story um, it seems like a weird one I think a lot of people question do we need an Echo and it'll be nice for it to be a surprise. You know, mm-hmm. I, I like it when people complain about us getting new stuff and then we get it and everyone's like, oh, it's so good. Can't, yeah. can't believe, like, I, I enjoyed that so much. It's like, guys, uh, that's why you got to wait to watch it. And I hope well, I'm never going to complain about too much stuff. Like, but, <laughs> you know, in a,
0: in a sense where, okay, if you're getting just masses of stuff that isn't great and it's just kind of coming and going, I'd say almost like a secret invasion. Like, I wanted to like that so bad. It just, just didn't land for me but you have to remember too and a lot of these were filmed is in an era when Disney plus was driving all of the creative decisions inside of Disney specifically and it was about volume get eyeballs get new things and so that's where a lot of these stories got kind of to come from and so I whether or not like maybe I give the creators a pass you know you, you can th- throw shade at Disney or whomever you want but it doesn't matter to me but I think like that I have that always in the back of my mind when it comes out like when people say Did, do we need an Agatha Darkle diaries like I don't know like maybe there's a cool story in there or even if there's like a really cool thread that it picks up and and runs with it like I like again like I said in the past to look at these like comic books like if it just picks up a cool idea runs with it a little bit and then drops it over here for someone else to pick up in 3 4 years I think that makes the show a success, and it makes it interesting, and it keeps the stories mov- moving forward.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Like, I'll i watch them all. Like, Agatha is probably the one I'm looking forward to the least. Um, but that's more just to do personal preference. I'm I'm not a big people are gonna hate me for saying it, I'm just not a big Catherine Hayne person. Like, I don't <gasps> find it so so watchable. Um, Aubrey Plaza as well like I don't know she's alright she, she sometimes I find her a bit irritating so <laughs> <laughs> so uh, having having those um, in the show yeah, I, again I'll watch it because it could be really fun like WandaVision was great and there's parts mm-hmm. of that that kind of witch story that could be really interesting could be really fun so I'll give them a watch Penguin Penguin knows on the other side of the spectrum I'm super excited for the Penguin yeah it's gonna be cool and it's crazy that they've released so much footage of that like we got like a was it a trailer or a teaser last year It's like mm-hmm. something but it was quite long And we got a lot they'd filmed quite yeah. a lot and it looked very much like the batman yeah it's um, gonna be good it's gonna be top yeah, gonna top be tier it's it looks like it's a kind of yeah like a crime drama mm-hmm. set in that universe and it doesn't have to really have so many superheroes in you know whether no, they pop in or pop in or pop out i don't know but like it, it just looks like a really well-made tv show um i'll say i'll put
0: this out there into the universe as a 2024 prediction i bet you battinson makes a appearance in that in that show i think he
1: has to yeah, yeah. i agree
0: i think it, i think it's going to be one of those fashion, but i think he has to whether it's bruce wayne i think it might be both bruce wayne i think also batman will make an appearance in that as well
1: like yeah I it's it's it's, it's it's made by matt reese right it's his, his show yeah. still yeah so he's making yeah it has to and they've announced some stuff with the the next batman or there's rumors that they're going to bring in um one of the robins mm-hmm. um i forgot which one they said it was going to be but you probably would need a tv show with a bit of time passing where you might see some of those build build on those characters. Rather than have it being another introduction of a superhero, they could use that show to just show maybe Bruce Wayne having somebody adopting a child or having somebody to, that he takes care of in the background as a kind of yeah. backstory, uh, and then they can then jump straight into it with the, the next movie. So I think... It's they've... Ward.
0: He needs to adopt a 22-year-old man. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: maybe. <laughs> Now our only taste of Star Wars this year may or may not be on Disney Plus. There's definitely no movies coming out. But we've got the potential for skeleton crew as well as the acolyte. So two I think the skeleton crew is meant is it meant to be in the Mando universe? Or is yeah, it set at the same, yeah, it same time? It is. Okay. So that's set in that Mando universe, which was really cool. And the Acolyte, I think, is meant to be more tied to the sequel trilogy is it or is it no it's
1: pre it's pre pre? phantom menace okay so it's like a hundred years before phantom menace i think okay okay very cool so
0: they're gonna play different concepts and themes inside of that the skeleton crew being set a like a non-force show or non-force wielder show inside of that mando universe which i think is cool it's gonna build on that again and as we mentioned a couple of weeks ago with the success of Ahsoka, and Mando season three last year, building up that Mando universe and Filoni moving into that creative position inside of Lucasfilm where he is driving that universe as well as the, a big screen movie. At least that's what we're all assuming. And so this is just going to build on that universe. So I'm pretty pumped about Skeleton Crew. And from what I understand, it's done-ish. And yeah. The Acolyte, too. Like, it's something completely different, which Star Wars likes to bounce around their universe. They like to tell stories at different points in time. And kind of this is, again, another experiment for them to, to reach out into something that is different prior to getting to that film that is set thousands of years before the original trilogy with kind of the origins of the force, so this is going to be two unique shows, and it could continue to build the momentum of Star Wars on Disney
1: Plus, as we kind of talked about a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, Skilling Crew sounds really fun to me because it seems like it's Goonies in the yes. Star Wars universe, yeah. and I think that's one thing that Star Wars is missing a little. They always seem to miss the mark with their um, their child actors, you know. Mm-hmm. We, we don't have that many children in Star Wars. And when we do, people don't like them. If you get a good cast, you know, we see a lot of great child actors these days. And if you do get some good children to bring into the story. Like uh, all of the kids from Ghostbusters Afterlife were yeah, all great. All great, yeah. <laughs> the whole cast. But like looking at something, like if it's like a Stranger Things, you know, like a season mm, one Stranger Things, where you too, have yeah. kids at that age, they're all fantastic. Yeah. And you get a group like that. And you bring them into the star wars universe and you have a an adventure movie and then you can use those kids in in the mandoverse mm-hmm. uh i that's a great idea and it's it's going to be a great adventure story you got jude law who's who's always good um some i'm really looking forward to that one and acolyte it seems like with that they've definitely been giving us some some kind of information based on where that's coming from with Maybe even Ahsoka, like the whole Dathomir and, and Night Sisters oh, yeah. and, and stuff like that. Oh, and cool. With it being pre Phantom Menace, I think it might even focus a little bit on stuff like Darth Maul and maybe origin stories there. Like you might have those different species and those worlds I dig that. being told there. Uh, and we might get to see what happened on those planets and why they fell and, and stuff like that. So I. I like the idea of the Acolyte too. It sounds like a really fun show and it seems like they've got a really good cast. Of, you know, the the people who are playing the, the main characters in that seem really excited about being getting being given the part. Um and yeah, it's nice to get new characters. It's good to have continuation of, you know, our much loved characters, but it's gonna be interesting to have some new ones because a lot of stuff we've been getting recently is even stuff from Clone Wars. Where's Yeah? You know, we've talked about this before, but for a general audience, they don't really know. And some people find it hard to kind of make those connections. Who is this person and where they come from? And do I need to watch this and this? With these two new shows, this show, it seems like something new that they're bringing in where anybody can watch it and we can have some new characters to to get connected to and, and enjoy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Enjoy the universe. Enjoy 2024. We've got a lot of fun stuff, you know, as we kind of bash through the shows and, movies coming out here although it's a different feeling year and it is arguably a slower year in nerd we do have a lot of cool franchises that we're going to be revisiting you know everything from Godzilla through Deadpool to Beetlejuice and plenty of apes goes like it's a lot of great stuff coming out here and cobra kai must
1: be big for you man you you're a big cobra kai guy right oh then oh
0: yeah that's the last season coming out
1: i think so yeah that's oh
0: yeah i love cobra kai (laughs) man
1: i'm pumped i'm pumped
0: (laughs) gotta love me some cobra kai okay so this could be a good year i think it's gonna be a fun year because it's gonna be different and i think that's something that everyone is searching for right now is is different unique and even if these are franchise films they're all unique franchises doom like it's it's all kind of all over the place here so i think it's gonna be a fun year to to consume inside of the nerd room at least from the the film and tv shows perspective but ian we've got we've got an entire year to talk about this stuff and we're going to be doing this and you know it's, it's it's we're just back to the normal new room schedule as long as e and i can make it work we're gonna be dropping these episodes weekly because i freaking love recording this show and one of the things that we've done for the last nine years of this is every year we we do this first episode we talk about nerdier resolutions and Ian, the show's going to go a little long this week because we had a lot to talk about. But I want to get these in. These are often some of my favorite things just to talk about in the moment, even though I rarely follow up and follow through on <laughs> on my promises for this year. <laughs> so very much like a, a New Year's resolution. It's something we want to do different in the space. And I want to kick us off here, my man, with my number three. I'm going to work number three, two, one as we go through here. And this one is just a very pointed thing that I'm going to accomplish by the end of the year and hopefully sooner rather than later. And it is by the Avengers Tower Lego set. Is Have you seen this thing? It's a yeah. giant, like four foot. I saw it in the Lego store the other day. I was like-
1: I almost bought it for Christmas, man. I almost Did bought you- it- I oh. almost bought it for the family, but like, I thought, man, A, it's expensive. B, I have yes. nowhere to put that bloody thing after- <laughs> It's <laughs> it, so big. It's huge and like that would be my whole holiday making that because that thing looks like it would take the whole year to build
0: it's got it's it's so cool like i've seen it in real life it comes with so many minifigs including the first ever minifig of my hero kevin feige he's got a minifig there and if you go to the instagram the i posted my lego minifig collection i've got all kinds of them and i love all of it i've got the big avengers helicarrier i've got the original milano i've tried to get like the big pieces from the mcu universe there's a lot of play sets i don't love the play sets but they've had some really cool big pieces recently and that avengers tower is phenomenal and the fact that they've built in so many unique features to it as well as i just got there's like 15 or 20 minifigures which is enormous and so it's going to fill a lot of gaps in my uh, my collection there. So that is my number three nerdy Resolution
1: by the Avengers Lager Tower. What's your number three, my man? Uh, number three for me, I I guess I want to get more into art. And I might have even mentioned this before, even last year. Um, but getting into, you know, prints and buying more stuff from places like bottleneck Gallery, mm-hmm. uh, finding, tracking down some, you know, Mondo prints recently I've been getting really excited about that and I recently bought the Loki yes uh, it, such Loki, a good print man it's like I was super looking forward to that becoming announced to be sold somewhere because the artist put it on Twitter and I'm like man I got this became my, my phone background I'm like man you've got to get this printed like you've got to get this out and botnet gallery picked it up and they and I went through such a weird situation where I had to wake up at like 3 a.m. in the morning to buy this thing. And I couldn't buy it because it wouldn't let me use Japan as an address, even though it was optional. I should have shipped it to me. I would have held on it for a few years <laughs> and then brought it out to you in 25. Give me a reason to, another reason to come over and pick it up, yeah. <laughs> um, it was, I, I posted on Twitter like an angry message. I'm like, people you used to be able to get stuff to Japan. Why can't you do this anymore? And someone from bottleneck gallery immediately messaged me and they were like we can't ship to japan anymore because japan have started to add all these duty freeze people are being charged all this money you know uh, and uh, i don't know what it is like tax or duty fees um so we've stopped sending to japan i'm like oh man that sucks and then i got a private like a post, like a dm from this guy and he's just like mate just you know send me your email and i'll put the transaction through for you and such great customer service. That's just, amazing. It's just bing bang wash straight through, into the basket, sent out to me immediately. Um so now I've got this nice relationship with with bottleneck gallery and I'm gonna try and start ordering more stuff from there. Because once I get these prints, I get really excited about opening them. Yeah, man, more I got a couple toys. I
0: don't know why. I got a couple a couple years ago. I got I did like a same resolution like two, three years ago, and I bought it was the year I bought like Two Jurassic Park prints. I bought a Star Wars print. It's kind of hard to see behind me. I've got a Ninja Turtles print. Like, there, it's phenomenal stuff. And the size, it's whatever that size is. I can't remember. It's not twenty-seven by forty. That's a movie poster. But whatever, thirty-six by whatever it is. It's it's an awesome art framing size.
1: Yeah, and
0: it looks so good on the walls. And it brings such a refinement to your to your room having yeah. these art prints on. Like, I have a ton of movie posters, but I've always felt that they 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 just feel like a, a step down from these prints, yeah. And once you get those prints, like they're just so
1: good, and they're such a cool that little number written in the corner. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm one like, of I'm one of two hundred. Um, yeah, it's amazing. But yeah, like you said as well, like in your room, wherever you put them in your in your house, whether it's your nerd room or your living room or whatever. Like when people walk into the room, when you walk into the room, it's always the first thing mm-hmm. you're gonna look at because they're yeah. such a big, they're so big, and they they're yeah. such a big part of the the wall space. Um, you know, I come into my room and I, I barely look over at my hot toys because they're all, there's so many of them and they're all kind of crumbed together in these cabinets. Whereas you sit down, and I'm looking around, and I've got my Star Wars prints here, Batman, I've got some Silk and Spider Man stuff. And they're the things you notice and they're the things you look at more. Uh, so I think art, those art prints are, are important. Nice. And the fact that there's so many great artists making incredible, incredible, you know, art now for nerd stuff. Um yeah that's that's what I want to do get more of Man. it I love it I love it so
0: my number two energy resolution is, this is an ongoing thing, but I took most of last year off collecting. I, I started a new collection. I got a few little things early on in the year, but I was I was pre- I didn't buy anything brand new, and I'm I'm sitting and existing inside of that retro space. But my second one here is to add to those retro collections. I've got some holes in my Power of the Force. I've got some holes in my Vintage Storage. I got some holes in my WWF Hasbro, and so I want and Ghostbusters and Jurassic Park. Like I've got holes in all of them which is great because I just love having this idea that you have this kind of living display. But I want to add little bits and pieces to all this. And I always like to have a story behind some of these ads. And so that's kind of my goal number two here is just to keep building on those retro collections and and having fun in that environment. So Mm -hmm. that is where I'm going with my collecting this year is that Lego and then this guy or or this, this goal here, my two... Two big ones for the collecting space. Yeah, very
1: nice. Yeah, and I've I've enjoyed like keeping up to date with with your um, retro collecting. Like the the wrestling stuff was just so so cool. Yeah. Just because you sending me that just takes me back. Yeah, you, know, you send me your photo one is. I'm like, wow, you! I had that. Like I had the yeah. Bushwhackers, or I had this character, and I was even on the uh, Mercury here, just searching for stuff for you just like yeah. you know, does this one just and then it took me back to those counter shapes and then like i remember the dick tracys and i'm looking for the yes dick <laughs> yeah like, and i think that's oh. a good thing with, with the retro stuff it really does hit those nostalgia feels and it never gets old you know Absolutely a lot of new not. toys you put it on your shelf and it's great but it kind of loses that it doesn't have that you don't have that connection with it so it kind of loses the excitement
0: well and it's it's funny because i look at the retro stuff and like it was always meant to be like I, cartoonish is the wrong word but it was never meant to be a one-for-one replication or reflection uh, no of yeah of what was out there like the wrestling figures dress like all of it was is kind of meant to be play like it was meant to be inspired by but not a direct interpretation of and this is where you get into that like uncanny valley of like marvel legends and all that black series and that y- it it's good it's great like when you compare it to what we had before but mm. if it's not perfect and bang on you look at it and you're like eh, like this could be better even though it's like one of the best captain america action figures ever produced you're like i just don't see chris evans in there enough you know what i mean yeah and and so y- these retro things you kind of there's a lot more leeway to, yeah. like yeah. you know what i mean like even the power of the force or the vintage like it, they were never meant to be perfect representations of those people or characters. And so I think like when you see it you love it. Where yeah. a legend, you can look at it, you can i be a little critical here, it doesn't bend, the joints. Well are legends, I'm mean, that's that's and how you're I have paint problems too, aren't you?
1: I mean I, I, I that's how I approach the legends now. Like I got the No Way Home Spideys, um, but I didn't get Toby Maguire. Not mm-hmm. because I didn't I don't like him, just because the head sculpt looked nothing like him. Yeah, Andrew Garfield looks exactly like him, and Tom yeah. Holland is very—he's <laughs> a great head sculpt. So I got those two. So I'm not kind of trying to complete everything. I'm just very, like you said, with those legends, you you, you become very critical of them. I actually sent my Tom Holland back just because he had some bad paint mm-hmm. on one part. The store's gonna hate me. The amount of stuff I sent back to, him is <laughs> yes. like, like I keep sending, like I got like a but. Ba- uh, Batman, Pattinson, Batman, and he had, like, a lump on his head, and I said back, and we go. I took that back into the shop, and they look at you like, what? This guy's buying toys and he's complaining that he's got, like, <laughs> a, a wonky web. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Hey, man, said, you pay your hard-earned money
0: for that. You want them to be good.
1: Yeah. But I, I totally get where you're going with the Vinci stuff, and... Yeah. yeah. What about you, I, man? My, my you? next one, like, going back to what I said with the... Just then, like, you know, looking stuff and getting bored of it. I think I wanna start having a lot more fun with my toys mm-hmm. with my collection my collectibles. Um Christmas has been a big one for me because I've been getting figures that I wouldn't from lines that I wouldn't usually get stuff from. I got a fig I opened it yesterday, the Figma Metroid Dread um figure. And man, it's so fun to play with. It feels like butter in your hands just like posing this thing. And awesome. I wanna start making content again maybe videos um or at least pose my toys and move them around a lot more i got like a a moon knight um from amazing yamaguchi like again people aren't gonna be able to see this but man like this thing is beautiful look at that guy holy shit look hasn't... at that anybody if you're listening just look up amazing yamaguchi moon knight and i realized it's just so much fun to actually play around with figures like i wanted to get back into the hot toys collecting and the, the larger scale stuff. And the only problem with that is you can't do anything with it. Like you put them in poses, you take a photo, and you put it back on the shelf in a statue pose. Because Hot Toys tell you not to keep them in action poses because they get damaged. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the smaller stuff, like I want to play around with it more. I don't want it just sitting on my shelf. So yeah. I want to try and start make some, whether it's reviews or content or change my displays more regularly. Um, because... I bought the toys for a reason because I, I like them and I want to continue enjoying them so I want to be a bit more a bit more adventurous with my my posing and and playing around of my my collection. See
0: so, yeah. Awesome man. Awesome. I love it. I love the collecting focus of this year. Now, my last one for this year is, is go I'm going a bit more meta, big big picture sort of stuff. And this is not only for for me, but for you and for the podcast and it's simply make a positive impact i think we live in this world in this environment where criticism is everywhere and you know there's people out there trying to sour others enjoyment i want to be the antithesis to that i want to be the i want to be the protagonist to to that i want to just put out enough positive vibes that you know if there's someone out there looking just to share a passion if you love the mc if you love dc if you love star wars if you love all this stuff like we're never gonna we're gonna sit here and we're gonna talk about it but we're never gonna tell you you can't life love it you're never gonna tell you you can't like it we're never gonna tell you that it sucks because of x y it's just not gonna be that like i want i want anyone that comes to this podcast and when it comes to any of the stuff any of the content that we produce to come here and smile and be like yes i have found my people my community i found a place i can go and just be like yes i like this thing and these guys support it like I, that's i want to make a positive or continue to try to make a positive impact inside of the nerd community that's something that we've always strived towards but that's something i'm going to put a, a ton of extra focus on this year both personally and within the podcast is, is making that impact because i think it's needed and and i think we we can be here and deliver that and so that is going to be my number one nerdier resolution is make a positive impact
1: Dude, why, why didn't you go last? Like, that that, was, that was a nice <laughs> <laughs> What am I supposed to say now? Ditto. <laughs> I think that's a really good one. I'm going to actually change my last one. My last one was good. My number one was going to be about video games, but forget that. Like, I want to second what you just said. I think that's a, awesome. a really good one. Um, Tag I want to kind of as well, like, even on social media, I know people have dropped off from Twitter, from X. Um, but I want to try and make some more connections. I kind of miss having that bigger community of people. And I think I might come back. I think I might come yeah. back. But there's a good group, of, of a, a small group of people who recently have been really cool. I sent some messages at some people at the, over the holidays because it's the new year just to say thank you because people are reposting things that I post and people, the same people are commenting and the same people are talking about stuff and everything's very really positive in that little group of people. Um, so I'd like to kind of branch it out and try and find some other people awesome. to either bring in um, or to join some other groups uh, and, and continue. Because yeah, there is a lot of positivity out there. You just got to really kind of look for it. And I, mm-hmm. I think that's great what you said to be someone who passes that on to other people. You know, influences people's take on things and gets away from them, all the critical elements and the, mm-hmm. the, you know, the bashing of stuff and actually enjoy it man like really yeah. really do have a great year of of cuz it's so much coming out and so much there and you can like what you like don't like what you don't like um, exactly but you can uh, here's the thing. and everyone can get along and share and talk, discuss exactly it, yeah. the the
0: biggest thing that i think we all, like everyone needs to understand you cannot like something that is you can have that opinion that is cool like you could hate all of the mcu that's fine but you do not need to make it a mission to make sure that everyone else doesn't like it either like you can not like something but you don't have to tell someone else that they can't like it either like that is what i think a lot of the space needs to get away from is this like tribalism of opinion like if you like this therefore you have no taste and you don't know what you're talking about it's like well, i just, i kind of liked it like i'm i'm a simple man ian and i like simple things sometimes <laughs> yeah. and i think that's okay like people don't need to make, be made feel bad because they liked whatever agatha dark hole diaries it doesn't matter if you like it or not but if you don't like it you don't have to be out there stomping on other people's enjoyment
1: that's 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 a big thing for me that i want to I actually want to sure i like people, people not liking what i like like i, I enjoy huh? it because you can have a discussion with people about it mhm and you know there's stuff that I don't like and other people like. And through discussing it, I realize I respect their their yeah. reasons. And, and it's good that people have difference of opinion because it makes it more fun. It's yeah. needed. Um, but as you said, it's not you just don't have to make people feel like you feel. Like exactly. everybody is different. Realize that. Respect that. And feel good for people who like stuff that you don't like.
0: that's That's cool someone someone got something out of this that i couldn't or i didn't that's that's perfectly good like if 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 we're all meant to like the exact same thing there'd be one show on tv and one movie in the you know what i mean like it's 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 all it's all different stuff so we're gonna put a pin in it there we're gonna put a pin in this discussion we're gonna end the year or start the year i should say on a positive note we're gonna leave it there we're gonna make a positive impact with the nerd room every single week or as best as we sure as shit can we're gonna to try to make that happen if that means solo for me solo for me and tag team and a here having guests on once in a while periodically we're, we're gonna do it all here in the nerd room we're gonna have a ton of fun with it in 2024 and so we hope you guys come along for the ride and we want to thank you for being here Whether this is your first episode of The Nerd Room, whether this is your 379th episode of The Nerd Room, thank you for being here with us, and we look forward to taking this journey into 2024 with you. So with all of that being said, 2024, looking straight at us. Ian, for The Nerd Room, I'm Tim. And I'm Ian. And thank you so much for entering The Nerd Room.